0: Everybody, welcome in. It's Monday, September fifth. We are well rested. We have rewatched everything that went on uh, in the loss to Old Dominion. Pat Grayson, we've been here before. We have lost to Old Dominion in our in our history. We have lost at Old Dominion in our recent history, and here we are again. It is not a nightmare. We did wake up, and in the standings, it is zero one. And the first week college football has concluded. But we are the sons of Saturday. You got Pat and Bill here. If you're watching live on YouTube, you can see our beautiful faces in the same box. We're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Just got back from Charleston. And we have Grayson calling in from Los Angeles. We're here to break down everything from the old Dominion game that took place this Friday, where Virginia Tech fell 20 to 17. But first, Pat, we have a hokey haiku. It's the first hokey haiku on video. But this podcast is brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy, our friends over on Main Street. Jeremy Counts, if you have pharmaceutical needs, if you have personal care needs, anything that you need, you can get it all over at Main Street Pharmacy on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia. Pat, go ahead and kick it off with a hokey haiku. This is a really exciting haiku.
1: Haikus should be fun. This haiku is not
0: that fun. Hope it's fun next week. And that just about wraps it up. Now, first things first, first 1st things first, we're going to get into where did we watch, but we're going to start that off by giving a, a warm shout-out to our friend over at Maine, uh, First in Maine over in Blacksburg. Look, if you're in the Blacksburg area, everybody's downtown. It's a nightmare finding parking. You don't have access to everything you want to do. If you want to check out a Sons of Saturday event, like our kickoff event with Coach Foster, Justin Mutz. Um, Bill Roth, Bill Roth, Hunter Couture. Hunter Couture, everybody that's going to be taking place over at the, it's formerly known as the Cinnable. It's been changed a couple of times, but it is now McLean's. McLean's is your one-stop shop for entertainment, movies, bowling. You can get it all done there. You can do some shopping. You can do some eating. We have a couple of other partners we'll talk about in a little bit, but first in Maine, if you're in town for black and Blacksburg and looking for a fun night out, Head on down to 1st and Main. And there are plenty of options for you. So, Grayson, why don't you – let's go west to east. Let's hear about your weekend, where you watched this game. Yeah, man. So, it
2: was a lot of fun. L.A. Hokies were officially back at for Daily's after a two-year hiatus there. Uh, some uh, some drama amongst the ranks, apparently, is why we didn't watch games there. But huge, huge uh, outpour of Hokies uh, on Friday. 4 o'clock, PST kickoff. Some people were leaving work early. Saw DJ Harvey's dad – uh, it was great to see Papa Harv. He had a blast, I think. Obviously not the result we wanted, but we did have a great time on Friday. It was great to see the usual suspects that uh, that I love watching the games with out here. So,
0: Pat, absolutely. you take this one. I, it's my first time, and uh, I got all of, the, all of the, uh, the nicknames and everything. We were in low country in South Carolina. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about the weekend? <laughs> we went down to
1: Charleston, had a really fun time uh, for – For most of the time, we were down in Charleston at the Brick. Shout out to our friends, Jonah Jeter. Uh, Matt, we missed you down there. Uh, Hopefully, next time we're there, it's for a a winning effort. Mary-Kate Quinn of the Charleston Hokies had a good time at the Brick in Charleston, spinning the wheel, and uh, hopefully, we'll we'll go back to the Brick at some point. I know um, there is that Charleston Classic basketball tournament. Uh, later this fall that Virginia Tech is participating in. But yeah, um, it was nice to watch there with Bryce and the whole gang celebrating his 30th birthday. Um, Jay Litt, Dylan, uh, the whole squad as well. So Let's jump into the recap. Bill, you want to kick things off here?
0: Yeah. So um, as we mentioned, Virginia Tech was down at the beach and had a really bad day at the beach. Didn't kick the shoes off when they got in the car. There was sand everywhere. It rained, um, thunder and lightning. I'm just painting the picture of a bad day at the beach. But Virginia <laughs> Tech fell 20-17 to 17 to Old Dominion. Uh, if you go ahead and you look at the box score and you, and you missed one row, Ah, uh, Virginia Tech actually dominated this football game in a plethora of areas. We had one hundred and forty seven yards on the ground versus eighty for Old Dominion. and two hundred of those yards, if you
1: negate the special team's touchdown for ODU, um, Virginia Tech ran the football very well on Friday night, and they also played really good defense. And you're looking at this, and you're like, all right, like are we are we back to the the uh, the coach Beamer days here? But um, you know there were there were more line items to tell the story from Friday night.
2: Yeah, uh, across the board, I mean, you would have sworn, if you look at the breakdown of this, that Virginia Tech had won the football game. We had 340 total yards, 20 first downs. Time of possession was like 36 minutes. And uh, then you look at ODU, they only had 245 yards. They had two turnovers, 13 first downs, and a time of possession of only 24 minutes. But then if you look at how many turnovers we had, then it starts to make sense, our five turnovers – Gave them free five extra uh, possessions. And uh, that's the way the cookie crumbled. Um, You know, can't win a football game if you're giving uh, giving them the ball back. So
1: can't hand them the ball five times and can't turn it over or uh, can't have 14 penalties for triple digit penalty yards. 14 penalties, 100 yards, whereas ODU had six for 65. Um, So (laughs) look at the box, excuse me, box score.
0: And then you look at the turnovers and penalties, and then you say, okay, I understand now. Um, if for all of you gambling folks out there who lost money or made money on this game, I lost a lot of money in this game. Virginia Tech did not cover six and a half, and it did hit the under of 48 and a half. Um, we're going to pass it over to our, uh, our Hollywood homeboy, Grayson, the yeah. story of the game. Paint the picture for us. Yeah, uh,
2: the story on Friday night, I think everybody knows, Brent Prize first day out. Everyone was very excited about that. Uh, you know, there were a lot of things that went well. There were a lot of positives. There were a lot of things that I think we could all agree that we liked. Um, but then there were a few head-scratching moments. Talk about clock management, you know, the the kick that was a scoop and score for ODU. Um, look, y'all, we're, we're in a ditch. We're in a pit. We got ourselves here. It's a long climb out. This season could be a long season. Friday was living proof of that. I think what needs to happen now is if you're a Virginia Tech football fan, you have to curtail your expectations and really look at our schedule and be like, okay, it could be a long season. There's a lot of things that we have to work on. There's a lot of work we have to do in practice. Um, It could be a long season, and that's okay. That's absolutely okay right now. Year one, new regime. New coach, these things happen, but we have to we have to anticipate that it will get better. So that's the story of uh, of this of this game right here.
0: So that's the back cover of the book we just picked up from the library. Let's open the pages <laughs> and let's really go into it here. So where was the game decided? I want to start this off by saying something, and I, I don't want this to be a common theme. Uh, is talent and uh, depth an issue with the Virginia Tech roster? Yes. Hundred percent. That being said, I don't think there are many people out there that would would be willing to swap the rosters of Old Dominion and Virginia Tech and feel more confidently about winning the game. I think it's a fool's errand to kind of chop this up as well. We weren't talented enough. We played old. We played Old Dominion. Okay. And for all of you, you know, I'm not a big star guy, but for those of you who are, uh, according to 24/7's composite, Virginia Tech had a 663.78. What is that, Billy, right? That means that Virginia Tech had the 52nd most talented roster based upon evaluations from 24-7. Old Dominion had a 452.89, which is good for 101st. The problem with Friday night is that talent has nothing to do with discipline and preparation. Virginia Tech, for a lack of better terms, and if you ask anybody on the team, this is not me breaking news, we looked completely unprepared and undisciplined to play this football game. Five turnovers. Yes, five. 14 penalties for 100 yards. The most penalties that Virginia Tech has had in a football game since the 2012 Russell Athletic Bowl. Um, We did not scheme to get guys open. And if you go ahead and you look at some of these other games across college football, there are inferior teams that compete and find ways to compete with better football teams. You can go ahead and you can watch the the North Carolina-Appalachian State game that just happened this past week. The end of the day, you cannot commit mistakes, you cannot commit turnovers, you cannot be penalized. I want to point out Notre Dame is a great example. Coach Freeman had every excuse in the universe for Notre Dame to get blown out by Ohio State. Ohio State might have the best roster in college football, but what Notre Dame does consistently every single week that they play is they don't beat themselves when Notre Dame loses. Nine times out of 10, it is due because the other team is just flat out more talented than they are. It's exactly what happened when the fighting Manti Teos went into the national championship and played against Alabama. They lost that game because Alabama was better than them. Um, and tech is not in a position to just commit endless mistakes. So when we go ahead, and one of my issues is when we just chalk this up to, hey, like, you know, this is okay. Like, this is what we expected. That's that, that's not what we're looking for. So we're, we're, we're going to talk about solutions. We're going to talk about how we can move the ball forward. But talent has nothing to do uh, with discipline, lining up in the correct place and not giving the ball to the other football team.
2: Absolutely. Uh, you can't have five turnovers and, and win a football game. I I immediately after this game ended, I thought of Boston College uh, where where Ryan Willis and not to throw him under the bus, but he threw five. we had five turnovers in that mm-hmm. game. Pat and Bill, you were both there for that. And, and, and and like, I remember us talking after that game and it's like, dude, we were in it. We were in it the entire time, but you can't win when you're giving them good field position. You set up shop right outside of the end zone and they're going to score. You cannot have five turnovers and win a football game. Maybe unless you're the Alabama Crimson Tide, but they don't turn the ball over five times. So, um, you know, it's never going to go your way when these things happen. It's a discipline thing. It's things that we'll have to iron out and practice as the season goes on. Um, but it just can't happen. Plain and simple.
0: I want to also say this, and I know we do letters from the lunch bail at the end of the segment, but this kind of fit with what we were talking about. Uh, Matt Gregg and a plethora of other people had this similar sentiment, but he asked, how long is the leash for Grant Wells? Understand not all the turnovers were his fault Friday night but he has quite the track record. That is true. And that was one of my biggest concerns when we came into the game was, hey, look, this guy's a gunslinger. He's going to throw the ball. Pat, we were listening to Eli Manning uh, on a podcast with Julian Edelman. And um, I'm not saying that Grant Wells is Eli Manning, but he has a very similar game. He's going to air the ball out. He's going to stretch the ball down the field. We saw it a couple of times with some nice throws, especially. (laughs) He says, I'm going to give my guy a shot. You're going to give your guy (laughs) a shot. Um, And we can run through the interceptions here, but Grant Wells finished 21 for 36 with 193 yards, one touchdown and four interceptions um, off the cuff. That's that, that's pretty bad, um, but let's go ahead and let's look at those interceptions. So the first interception seems to be a miscommunication. Uh, I'm not sure if the receiver ran the wrong route. If somebody got caught up, it looked like the was, re- it looked like one of the, one of the guys that he was throwing to got caught up um, down the field. Um, so, There's not really a way to pin it there, but he did throw it in the middle of of, of three old Dominion players. The second interception, really, really bad. You can't have that. And it was really bad from the standpoint of the cornerback is lined up in press at the beginning of the play. So that basically eliminates the route. I believe he's running an out route or a a comeback, but you cannot throw that ball. Um, And you should know that before the ball is snapped. The third pick, not at all Grant Wells' fault. The ball bound. I mean, if it was a spear, Jalen Holston would be dead you would be dead. Uh, hit him right in the chest, uh, and it bounced into the old Dominion player's hands. And then the fourth interception is a throwaway. You're trying to stress the ball down the field. As you said, like a David Tyree-type situation, you're trying to give your guy an opportunity. Um, when I look at Grant Wells' game, I think he finished with some good throws. He had some terrible throws. This is not a talent issue. Grant Wells is a talented quarterback. He has a good arm. He can get the ball down the football field. He's athletic. It comes down to decision-making that That can't happen. And I don't think that there's a quarterback on this roster that I would rather have in that position. Um, so the clock is ticking from a standpoint of, hey, Grant Wells is going to have to make better decisions or we're going to have to make a move for the betterment of the team. But I don't think that after game one in you know in a Virginia Tech uniform following that performance, I can't point at Grant Wells and say, the reason we lost this game is because of Grant Wells because there are th- that laundry list is way, way longer. Than than just there. Any other thoughts on the quarterback play from either of you? Yeah, I think, you know, we have a guy like Jason Brown, uh,
1: you know, in that second spot. I don't think we should be calling for Jason Brown just yet. Um, Yeah, we can talk about this and where do we go from here, but um, usually see the starkest improvement in a football program from game one to game two. Um, Grant Wells did make some very good throws as well. So uh, I think we do need to trot out Grant Wells next week against Boston College, and I think that's what the staff will do. Because um, I know I know that Brad Glenn and Tyler Bowen and Coach Pry have confidence in Grant. Um, you know, he made some erratic throws, but overall, it wasn't the worst performance I've ever seen out of a quarterback at
2: Virginia Tech. I think I think anyone you ask who watched Friday's game would tell you it was a team loss. It's not Grant Wells' fault. You know you can't you can't put you can't pin it all on him across the board mistakes were made in special teams defense
0: and on the offense so moving right along to OTL presented by Roots we got something expe- uh, ex- exciting from Roots Pat fill us in on what's going on with Roots and Sons of Saturday so Roots our Roots athlete of the week we're calling them Roots Rapid Fire
1: <laughs> Rapid Fire at Roots where every week we will have a Virginia Tech athlete go ahead and check out uh, Roots Natural Kitchen and do like a quick 60-second type interview. Uh, we've done one with Dax, and uh, we have one with Hunter Couture coming out this week as well. But Roots Natural Kitchen, if you live in Blacksburg, if you live in Charlottesville, if you live in Richmond, I think there's one opening up in Fairfax next week. There's a handful of Roots's plural. A lot of them up, up uh, all across the Mid-Atlantic. Phenomenal food. Head in there, get your get your El Jefe bowl <laughs> it's with Tabasco and lime. Delicious food at Roots Natural Kitchen. Use promo code this week for this week only because we have a new promo code every week. This week, if you use promo code BEATBC in the Roots app, you can get 20% off of your order. Every Virginia Tech student should be using this, uh, this promo code this week here. 20% off
0: some fantastic food. Head on down to Roots Natural Kitchen and get your fix today. So one of my favorite segments each week, Out to Lunch. Um, who, who screwed up? Who screwed up big time? It could be across college football, but we'll keep it here with Virginia Tech. Look, the elevator's at Old Dominion. We can make jokes about that all day long. I think you guys have done a good job of that in the last 72 or 48 hours. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say, look, Virginia Tech, we're, we're a big school, big budget, lots of people on staff. You saw the team photo. There, are, There are a lot of people on the staff. How is nobody... On our staff, or Old Dominion staff, or the uh, Virginia Beach B- Police Department Lifeguard Committee, Norfolk. Th- yes. How is nobody guarding the locker room? How are people just n- willy nilly waltzing into the locker room? And for those of you who, do, who don't know, if you're traveling, if you're traveling with the team or you're in the locker room, it's not just like your pads and your uh, you know your helmets and everything else. There's nothing in the locker room. You're going directly from the hotel. You bring all of your personal belongings. You brought your laptop, your jewelry, your phone, your wallet. Everything is in the locker, and you're not locking it. You don't bring a, a padlock, so it's kind of all just scrawling about everywhere. So, um, yeah, out to lunch. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how that happens in 2022. And the elevators. And the elevators. Yeah, I mean, we let everybody else do the that <clears throat> jokes. That's ridiculous. Take the stairs. Yeah, I mean, I try to take the stairs take up. The kind stairs. Of my, to, get to, to get to my step goal, so um, you know, take the stairs.
2: Skinny Billy back in action.
0: Uh, I, I, I would say the the
2: television broadcast was pretty terrible. Uh, not gonna lie, poor camera blocking. Uh, there were some misplays where they just the cameras were not on the football game. They were on miscellaneous other things, uh, and outside of the elevator debacle, um, I think there was just like a lack of situational awareness from the broadcast team. They just didn't really seem to know what was going on um out to lunch yeah get it together terrible television broadcast
1: i have a couple otls this week um number one was the situational awareness of the coaching staff with clock management um you know late in the fourth quarter when odu is mounting that comeback drive ollie jennings catches the ball and is down at the one yard line with a minute and nine seconds left and we let 28 sick 28 seconds just tick off the clock before we call timeout with 41 seconds left, so they're getting the ball at the one yard line. They're gonna punch it in. We have to let them score uh, at this point. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna have a Pittsburgh 2017 goal line stand. You know, with uh, Celine Dion playing like this, it's just as as great as that sounds. Like that was not gonna happen. We were not gonna have a goal line stand. You just gotta let them score the touchdown. Um, but we let time tick off the clock and they go in and punch it in on second down, and we get 37 seconds to get the ball in the field goal range. Um, so clock management was not great on that last drive of the game. And then was just curious about Connor Blumrick getting in the game in that last Hail Mary four verticals drive. And he made a phenomenal catch out on the sideline. But, you know, where – why wasn't he incorporated into the game plan in any other way, shape, or form throughout the rest of the game? Uh, my last out to lunch is the, offici- uh, the officials – Uh, For two pass interference calls, one of them was the offensive pass interference that killed our drive uh, in the first half and led to that field goal that was mishandled. And then the other one was the defensive pass interference that was like seemed to be like four or five steps out of bounds and uncatchable that uh, kept that one ODU drive going uh, on fourth down. I I thought both of those were inexcusable penalties, but, um, you know, you can't control what the officials are going to do. But was not uh, was not pleased with any of that. It was not good.
0: Game ball. Um, I want to preface this by saying the loss is 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 utterly disappointing um, and unacceptable. But there were some players who did stand out and play very well. And the two that I chose to nominate for this are uh, number one, Keyshawn King. Um, I'll get to some of his other numbers, but what I was most impressed with Keyshawn King was his ability to pick up. In, in blitz protection uh, on one of the Grant Wells interceptions. I, I, I was having trouble following the interception because I was blown away by the fact that Keyshawn King with reckless abandon buried his face into a linebacker that was probably twice his size uh, who had a full steam ahead running into him uh, and picked him up. So he was great. That was kind of always my, my, my reservation with Keyshawn King was his size and his ability to play in blitz pickup. And he did a hell of a job on that. I believe he took over 50 snaps, uh, so he was excellent there. He also had 19 carries for 111 yards, three catches for 18 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Keyshawn King did a fantastic job in this game. And that's a guy who we, we were looking to see how the running back room would shake out. So it looks like he's going to have a huge, huge place there. I also want to shout out Dax Holifield. In, in all seriousness, this might have been the best game that I've ever seen him play. Um, he was absolutely everywhere. He had the fumble. Uh, the strip before half where he just manhandled the ball out of the guy's hands when it looked like ODU might go ahead and score another at least field goal. And then he had the fumble recovery that led to seven points in the third quarter. So uh, Dax Hollifield um, leading the way, doing a good job on defense. And I thought our defense played pretty well in general. So um, so those are my game balls. Go ahead, Grayson.
2: I agree with all of that. Uh, Dwayne Lofton showed a lot of potential. Day one. Yeah. Day one, day one, excuse me, day one Lofton, a lot of potential, only three receptions average 14 yards to play. I think if Caleb Smith is out for an extended period of time, uh, we're going to see a lot more of day one Lofton. Um, I'm really excited about his future at Virginia tech. Uh, I think the obvious answer today is Keyshawn King played a hell of a football game, uh, but in the receiving courts, definitely day one Lofton.
1: For me, it was the tight ends on offense. Uh, the tight ends uh, collectively had nine receptions for sixty-one yards. Nick Gallo had seven of those for forty-nine. Uh, Drake Deulis had two uh, two catches for twelve yards. You know, going to need to see a lot of production out of the uh, out of the tight ends this year. Especially again, like Grayson just said, with Caleb Smith out, that definitely hamstrung us a little bit. Um, considering Smith, uh, you know, Smith fired up that first scoring drive with the long reception on defense. I want to give a game ball to Nasir peoples. Uh, He had 10 tackles, five solo one and a half tackles for loss. He just looks big out there. He's definitely developed uh, over the last few years between him and Dax, um, you know, really, really clogging that area. So uh, those are my two game balls for offense and defense. All right, let's uh, let's jump into takeaways. So not, not five takeaways, but our takeaways, <laughs> our general takeaways from this past weekend. Uh, takeaways is presented by our friends at CMG Leasing. If you are looking to rent a uh, any place or domain of residential living in Blacksburg, we have a new partnership with our friends at CMG Leasing. Really excited to work with them. This football season, we're going to be doing some uh, video content with CMG, some apartment tours, um, a lot of fun stuff coming down the line with CMG this fall. I have a ton of different places to live around the Blacksburg community. If you, your sibling, you know your daughter, your son, um, any friend is looking for housing, go ahead on to CMG Leasing and uh, check out their uh, vacancies today. Billy Ray, kick
0: us off. Yeah, a couple um as you might expect so <laughs> a couple of really uh obvious observations here uh the first one is the receiver room has a significant lack of uh, of depth issues as you said the tight end room is going to be monumental in the success of this football team the second one might not be as, as obvious um but if you go ahead and rewatch this game our offensive line is was really 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 bad on friday um i think silas zanzi played played okay. Uh, he graded out a, a 78 point. He, he, he graded out the best of any player uh, in tech um, that entire football game, but every other player in the offensive line graded out a 64 or below. This comes from pro football focus. Um, we looked completely outmatched up front um, and the, uh, the backs and pass protection really did a good job of putting lipstick on one of the ugliest pigs that I have ever seen chance black look good too. chance black look good <laughs> and limited snaps as well. Um, so, you know, that, that isn't, that is an area where we do have a very experienced and good coach um, that, uh, you know, I, I know that his, his standard is higher than that and that room is going to need to make some serious strides if we're going to get to where we believe we need to go. It also, I think this game highlighted something that a lot of people take for granted here, which is, Winning and losing is is literally separated by three to five plays, and that's not just winning or losing by one or two points. It's winning or losing by multiple scores. It's being in a close game when you should have your twos in in the second half. Um, and you look at some of these three to five plays. You obviously had the snap over the quarterback's head over the uh, holder's head. Uh, that's a ten point swing right before halftime. Allie Jennings, uh, crushed us in the defensive backfield. He had three huge chunk plays, including one over Dorian strong to get old dominion on the goal line, which eventually led to their touchdown. And then the fourth and one at the VT 41, Blake Watson put on his Mr. America cape and basically made three people miss. He was dead to rights in the backfield and rushed for two yards to keep the chain moving with a minute 40 left to keep that drive alive. Um, it just, just can't happen. And again, like, who knows what that football game is if you don't have the ten point swing and you do end up making that field goal. Um, so, so that's that's where we are. Um, questions that I have um, or a takeaway from this game is: Will Chance Black get more looks? Uh, he finished the game with seven carries and thirty three yards. And, uh, you know, on only eight snaps, he only was in for one snap where he did not receive the football. Jalen Holston got twenty eight snaps and Keyshawn King with forty one. I'm very interested to see how these snaps are doled out in the future, especially when uh, when and if Malachi Thomas is able to make his return uh, sometime soon here.
2: Solid rotation there. Um, I would say my takeaways are, one, I think Brown Wells is a talented quarterback, m- minus the interceptions. I've hammered this home a bunch. We just can't have that happen. Otherwise, we're in a lot of trouble this season. But I still think he's the guy, and I agree with Pat's sentiment of – People calling for him to be pulled and and to see Jason Brown. I just don't think it's necessary yet. Um, And then just broad spectrum, uh, zooming out, as we like to say on Sons of Saturday, this is not going to get turned around overnight. Uh, I don't know if any of you listening have seen The Dark Knight Rises, but the pit that Bruce Wayne is stuck in in that movie is the kind of pit we're in right now. And it is going to be a long, painful, arduous climb out of it. Uh, The growing pains are going to be painful. And I think the sooner that we all kind of collectively realize that, the better off we're going to be as a fan base. Um, But that doesn't mean that there's not a lot to be excited about right now. Um, So that's kind of the broad spectrum, big picture takeaway of Friday's game.
0: I will say I'm not very excited right now. (laughs) I, 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 you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to Boston College. I'm going to be loud and I'm going to root for Virginia Tech. And I'm probably by the time we get to like Wednesday or Thursday, I'm going to start saying, hey, I'm fired up to beat Boston College. We woke up the day after the game and Pat, we're laying on the couch, you know, petting the petting uh, Virgil's dog. And he goes, hey, you know, you know, it's going to be awesome. You know, it's going to be really cool. When we wake up and we beat Boston College on Saturday, so we'll show up. Uh, we'll show up ready to go. But it, it sure it sure did flip on a head. Uh, uh, at least on the social media interwebs, I tried to stay as much away from it as much as I could following that football. Smart, team. good yeah. lord! Been, <laughs> what a mess! Yeah.
1: <laughs> Listen, man, there's still an opportunity to, uh, to start ACC play undefeated. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think a couple takeaways here. Um, we weren't prepared to play that football game. You know, you look at the interceptions, you look at the snap going over Peter Moore's head and you look at 100 penalty yards and you can't you can't say that um, that those can't be fixed like those can be fixed week over week. You know, uh, and where do we go from here? Let's clean that up. But I think the new car smell of Coach Pry and the new staff, you know, we're, we're kind of it's wearing off. Right. It's wearing away. Uh, we had a great off season, really fired up for this year, knowing that we're not going to go undefeated in ACC play, or we're not going to, you know, turn any heads, but you need to beat old dominion. And I don't care. I don't care how, um, you know, how you want to shape it. Virginia tech should beat old dominion, um, considering who's on the roster considering who's coaching. Um, so that's just, it's tough that we're in this position. Um, but I also do want to say that we should not be playing games in in Norfolk. And I think that's been a discussion point that's been going on for years now, and there's no, there's nothing we can do about it. You know, um, we're locked into that contract. I don't know what it would take to cancel the series, but it is a no win situation for Virginia tech recruits do not get excited that Virginia tech is going to help out little brother football program. ODU. I don't think any, uh, recruits out of the seven five seven get excited to see Virginia Tech come to town and lose for the second time in four years. Um, you know against ODU and see ODU fans rush the field for the second time in as many attempts. Um, you know schedule some of those Big Ten teams again. I know, like, and here's the thing: the the whole the whole uh, out of conference scheduling has just been so brutal because. You had the Penn State game canceled because of COVID, and that was going to be incredible. I had oh my September, gosh! I had September twelfth, twenty twenty, on my calendar ever since that game was announced, and then COVID ruined it. You know, you had Mission Michigan bailout of our series with them uh, that we were supposed to do a home and home with them. You know, we had uh, Wisconsin that moved all the way back to you know when we're like going to be forty. So. <laughs> I really love <laughs> the, align, uh, the alignment that we are having with Big Ten. You know, We played the home-and-home home with Ohio State. We went up to Purdue, and we're hosting Purdue at some point over the next few years. That was and a th- game. And that's a good football program that's on the come-up. Uh, you know, We have Maryland and Rutgers, uh, home-and-homes with both of them over the next few years. So it's not like there hasn't been potential for us to go out and play some big-time opponents from the Big Ten or – from power five conferences, but this is not in any way, shape or form a a solid agreement that we have here with old dominion. You know, I don't think it's, I think it's, I don't know. I don't even know what level I would put it on compared to the ECU series that we had going. Um, But the fact that programs like ODU are beating us every single time we go there is just not
0: good. Can I add something something to that? I think another thing is like, this was almost a disaster weekend for the entire ACC. You had North Carolina go into Boone and plead App State to win that game, begging them, hey, App State, would you like to win this game at home? I think it would be pretty cool. Would you like? We'll gift it to you. Here it is. And they didn't end up doing it. NC State almost embarrasses themselves against another in-state opponent um, that I don't think anybody could have possibly predicted. And then Virginia Tech goes ahead and schedules this game. And Virginia struggled with Richmond. There is no possible outcome for these games that is going to be positive. We always, like, on the, on, the, on the scale of Sons of Saturday, which is not the scale of the ACC, we always, when we're evaluating stuff, we say, hey, what's the best-case scenario of us doing this, and what is the worst-case scenario of this? The worst-case scenario for this just happened on Friday. The best-case scenario of this is probably nothing. I don't think this moves the needle for anybody. So The, ret- um,
2: the return on the investment has not been great. Uh, with with old dominion university
0: i don't know what it would have been i don't even know where the where, where the where the where the where it would have came from but yeah. um we'll move on we've talked about this enough um where do we go from here pat clean up the penalties
1: don't throw interceptions uh you know practice any high school any high school uh special teams unit should be able to convert a long snap to where the holder can catch it you know that is not a talent disparity that is execution 100 Mm -hmm. um i like that we didn't do a uniform reveal i am not (laughs) i'm not super big into the uniform reveals when we've you know gone 500 the last five years um where do we go from here win a football game clean it up show uh show Virginia Tech and Hokie Nation that, you know, we can make improvements week over week because everyone is excited. Everyone is still excited. You know, we're not dead in the water right now, but um, we got 11 games to play over the next 12 or so weeks. And uh, want to see how we can improve some things week over week as we host Boston College
0: on Saturday. Can I add one thing? Uh, where do we go from here? Uh, people are probably going to laugh at this, um, but if you're a fan and you just saw what happened this week, and you're on the fence about going to Boston College, I I hope that you would still go from here to Blacksburg to support this football team. Um, This is a huge night for Virginia Tech. It is a night game at home against an ACC opponent. Um, to, to throw your hands up in the air after all season, the expectation is that this is going to be a difficult season, unless you read my season predictions where you may have expected to go to a, uh, (laughs) my large bowl game, I'm going to have to curtail those expectations. But the expectation was, this is going to be a struggle. Um, and to just throw your hands up in the air and say, well, I'm out, I'm not supporting this team. That is not, that is not the answer. Uh, and I do hope that when we roll into Blacksburg on Friday, on Saturday night, um, there are plenty of people out there wearing orange and maroon ready to support their team. Um, so I, I do encourage everybody to uh, to do that. And I want to say that uh, if you are in town, <laughs> then you should come to McLean's on Friday uh,
1: from 7 to 10 p.m. McLean's at first in Maine, the old Frank Sinable. Uh, come see us. We will be doing our first ever live podcast with an audience um, that has been planned out you yeah. know, for a while now. We're going to yeah. be hosting uh, Bill Roth. And Bud Foster and Hunter Couture and Justin Mutz from seven to ten p.m. Uh, on Friday at McLean's and First in Maine. It is uh, twenty dollars cash at the door, uh, ten dollars for students. So come see us and uh, spend some time with us. Cash only, yeah. way, cash, yeah, cash only, by the way.
2: Cash only.
1: That's cash. that's very important. So um, yeah, let's roll in the letters. Oh, and <laughs> the day after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. All right. This is a two-part uh, two part thing If you want to hang out with Justin Mutz And Darius Maddox And Hunter Couture on game day Come tailgate with us in lot 2 um, From 12 o'clock to 2 o'clock They will be uh, signing autographs And they will be selling Virginia Tech ACC championship banner flags That are signed as well They'll be $15 each While supplies last I think we might be selling them on Friday night as well. Um, but, yeah, a great opportunity to to uh, help out our fellow – or not fellow. I'm not a student athlete. But <laughs> help out help out some fellow Hokies. Help out some student athletes. Hang out with some student athletes. Have some fun with some student athletes prior to our first HTC game and our first night game in the Coach Pryor era. So then – okay, now I'm going to pass it over to the letters from the lunch pail.
2: Kick it off with Cody Morton Grayson. Yes, sir. Cody Morton asks – In your opinion, what pieces are immediately correctable, i.e. this season, and which pieces are going to make, excuse me, words are hard, which pieces are going to take multiple seasons to correct based off the performance on Friday? Cody, I think the things that are immediately correctable uh, discipline avoiding penalties that are very easily avoidable uh, avoiding snaps that go over the kicker and punters heads, like Pat just so eloquently said, uh, things of that nature, things that you can buff out in practice, uh, are immediately correctable. We shouldn't see any of that this Saturday. Um, and then I think things that are going to take time, multiple seasons, even is depth. That is something we do not have a lot of right now. Uh, the guys who are on the field are are the guys. Uh, we got to hit the. We got to hit the. Uh, The recruiting trail. We got to get young bulls who can come make an immediate impact. I think also chemistry comes with time. Grant Wells, you know, he's going to get chemistry, build chemistry with his receivers. Um, and then just in general to get the feel for coach Pry. that's going to take time, uh, and how he kind of does things. So, um, Pat, I know has a, has a great, great point he wants to make here.
1: Well, I don't, I don't really think I agree with you know, we need to recruit, we need to recruit, we need to recruit. Yes, we need to recruit, but I understand, or we need to understand that recruiting is no longer getting guys in high school and having them come in and develop and graduate as Virginia Tech Hokies. You know, the transfer portal really just seems like it's been neglected over the past, uh, you know, 10 or so months since the staff was brought in. And I was thinking about it all off season, but was holding my tongue and putting some faith in the staff. Um but knowing that roster management was one of the biggest misses of the Fuente era it it stings to see that there hasn't been a focus or capitalization on the transfer portal this past offseason you know it was very much focused on let's make relationships in Virginia because there has not been a focus on Virginia for the last you know 6 or so years But, you know, it's 2022, not necessarily the 90s or early 2000s, where the transfer portal is the best way to make an impact right away. You know, um, just pulling a list of schools that had new head coaches this year and how many transfers they brought in. USC brought in 20 transfers from the portal. LSU, 15. Texas Tech, 14. TCU, 14, Oklahoma, 13, Miami, 11, Oregon, 10, Washington, 9, Washington State, 8, and then over to the Coastal, Duke, 8, UVA, 6, Florida, and 6. The reason that this is concerning is because of how poor the situation was with our 2020 class that Virginia Tech is not anywhere near the close to the top of this list. Virginia Tech is actually at the bottom – of this list, Tech had five folks come in in the 2022 transfer portal cycle, and those five were Grant Wells, Jason Brown, Jaden Blue, Stephen Gosnell, and Feldarius Payne. This is a big concern because the staff knew that there were holes in the, in, in this roster. Um, we're glad that they picked up two quarterbacks out of the portal but as far as not having a deep wide receivers room and then not having very good depth on the offensive line or the defensive line. And the fact that we, you know, did not do much to go out and build some depth to supplement what was already there was pretty concerning. Um, You know, if you think of the past regime, The recruiting was not a focus as far as getting guys out of high school. It was, it did not seem to be the top priority in any way, shape or form, but the transfer portal was taken advantage of from the Fuente era. You got guys like Gerard Evans, for example, coach Fu came in. He said, all right, my 2016 roster, we look pretty good, but guess what? We need a quarterback. I'm going to go get Gerard Evans. You know, uh, bringing in guys like Khalil Herbert, Brock Hoffman, um, you know, Amari Barno, Braxton Burmeister, Damon Hazleton was a phenomenal transfer in from Ball State. Um, Tay Daly almost made an NFL roster last week. Devin Taylor, Connor Blummerick, he was able to contribute. You know, Jordan Williams, John Parker Romo. There's a long list of transfers that did make an impact uh, in the Fuente era. So I'm just surprised to see that over the offseason, there was not as much emphasis on the portal The emphasis was all about rebuilding Virginia. Um, I think that there are some great recruiters on our staff, and I think we have a massive selling point at Virginia Tech called playing time because we don't have that much depth. And these guys who have been on rosters for two or three years might might be on the back half of the two deep. They want to play. And we have openings for them, and it's just – it's just tough to see that after knowing for such a long time that we were going to need to fill some of these spots at the end of last season that they weren't really addressed. And now we're seeing the results of not really taking action and having the least amount of transfers come in and play an impact uh, from this cycle out of all of the, um, all the schools that added new coaches uh, from an external school this year. So, why do we only have five guys? And uh, how do we take advantage of Virginia and the transfer portal?
0: Yeah, it's a two pronged thing, Pat. You always used to say it: the transfer portal taketh and it giveth away; <laughs> it, it, it giveth and taketh away. Um, you can either use it as a tool, or you can use it as a uh, as a as a non tool. I don't know what the what the antonym for tool is, but um, it is that. Um, moving right along to uh, JVT Hokies, he asks how does coach pride instill discipline in this team? There are way too many pre-snap penalties and there is no excuse for that. I can take a PI call on a tough play, but a legal formation calls question mark. Um, Yeah, I agree. Um, We started this game with two pre-snap penalties on one drive. That's the first drive of the 2022 Virginia tech football season. We had a false start on the second play of the game. We had a delay of game on fourth and five can't happen. Uh, We saw this uh, in the Loffler regime earlier on in the last decade. Um, you have to find a way to figure it out. Again, I, I can't say this enough. It has nothing to do with talent. Like, you know, if you go out there and you understand what you're doing, you know what your assignment is, you have to execute, you have to execute. And again, this is like coach probably knows this The the players know this, the staff knows this, but the, I think this is the biggest glaring issue at us right now is we can't be shooting ourselves in a foot in the foot early on in the football game and putting ourselves in a position to lose these teams. And and if you're doing this against ACC opponents, if you're doing this against Miami, if you're doing this against Pitt, if you're doing this against West Virginia, you're going to get embarrassed and it's not going to be, you're going to get embarrassed because you lost at the end of the game. It's going to get, you're you're going to be, you're going to get embarrassed by losing by 40 or 50 points. So, um, so that, that that's my take on that. Pat, anything to add to that, man? All right. (laughs) I just
2: wanted to make sure Uh, last letter from the lunch pail. Here is JLS three tats. I hope I got that right. In all seriousness, how did the VT presence in the 757 help recruiting this weekend? Do we have key recruits there watching, joining us? How do you even spin two losses in a row there? Uh, You can't spin it. Not great. It's definitely not good. Um, I'm going to be honest here. I don't think Friday's game helped us at all. Definitely didn't help from a recruiting perspective, um, if you're a recruit from the beach, seven five seven, the seven cities, and you were at Friday's game, if, if it's me and I see that game, I want to go play for ODU because you're you're beating Virginia Tech and you beat them twice in the last four years. Um, it shouldn't happen. It should never happen. But that's where we're at currently. Um, so long, long answer turned short. It, it definitely didn't help uh, this weekend. The series doesn't help. Um, moving right along, gentlemen, here we are. Sharky shout-outs. It's that time. Um, I'll start this off. I want to I want to shout out Dr. Daly's. It was so great to be back in there. uh felt, felt like being at home. I also want to shout out my dad because he always has a very great way of, like, putting things into perspective. We, t- we talked on the phone after the game. He said, was I disappointed at the outcome? Yes. Did I wake up at 4 a.m. tossing and turning in disbelief? Yes. Well, I be in lot one drinking bourbon, prepping to cheer on the Virginia Tech Hokies next Saturday against the Boston College Eagles? Also, yes. And I love that mentality. I love that attitude. Um, and I'm very, very excited uh, to come out to Blacksburg to see not only just Bill and Pat, but uh, the the Virginia Tech family. I, uh,
0: I'm very, very excited for next weekend. So I share that energy. This is a share. This is this is kind of a, a backhanded shout out, but I feel like it needs to be said. I want to shout out nature. I want to shout out trees. I want to shout out grass because some of you need to get over yourself and get outside and get a hobby. For you to get on there and talk about how this season's gonna be a challenge and get on Twitter and start, you know, MF and the coaches, MF and the kids, doing all this, like shut up and go outside and, and get some fresh air it's 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 gross it's toxic i like to believe that you have some personal life or something else going on that's that's positive outside of virginia tech football this is a rebuild it's going to take some time to get it right um but you know for doing all of that for a, it looks like you're doing it for attention you need to get over yourself and you need, to, you need to find something else. If you wake up every single day and the result of Virginia Tech football, I know there are memes out there that I've retweeted before, but if your entire mood, if you're coming home and yelling at your wife because Virginia Tech lost to Old Dominion, your wife should divorce you and you should probably reassess your life. So shout out to all the options that you have to take out your anger um, and, and act like a grown adult.
3: <laughs> Rant. Okay. <Man. laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> that was an interesting uh, compliment to nature. Yeah. I was shout-out.
2: Shout-out trees. So. All right. Oh,
1: here we go. I get right get the again. spotlight. Take it. Yeah. Really looking forward to hanging out in Blacksburg this week. We're going to get to town on Wednesday evening. It's going to be a ton of fun. Might even record a podcast from Blacksburg on Sunday. Um, a little post-game BC stuff. We got a Boston College preview Coming for you all here, uh, should be tomorrow night, Tuesday night. I think we're going to be uh, pushing record and have a lot of good article
0: content coming out this week as well. Um,
1: any, any specific articles?
0: Yeah, I know we had an uh, ACC roundup come out from uh, Chris Baylor. We're going to have some PFF grades come out by Sam Stromberg. Uh, we have uh, the Boston College preview is going up later on today. Locks of Saturday records tomorrow night. Um, so great content coming your way all week long. So keep your eyes, uh, your eyes peeled for that. But I think that's everything. We're coming up at four o'clock, uh, four Oh nine, actually. Um, check us out on the website, sunsaturday.com. If you want to check out the video and other great video content, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Um, and if you can give us five stars, let us know that we're doing a good job. Uh, and, uh, we appreciate all you guys and look forward to seeing everybody. Hopefully. At the Boston College game.
1: And we're going to be a lot more fired up tomorrow. Yes, doing this preview. Yeah. still We still have the uh, the ODU hangover over here. Mm-hmm. Or at least I do. I'm, <laughs>
0: I didn't have fun today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everybody. Be safe, be well, and we'll talk soon.
3: to wander tripping in the sand we smoke out windows drink till we can't stand but i saw you dance like you want to in my head Love, all that she said is oh i is what you're thinking